0: lovely to see um, all of you tonight. It's amazing. Well, it's not amazing, but <laughs> if you'd have been here last week, you'd have said it's amazing. Hence the lack of faith with the communion cups. No, nah, there won't be more than 40 people here tonight, I mean, hardly anyone here last week. There you go. You're welcome every week, by the way. Just, <laughs> just, just want to put it out there. We're going to turn uh, to the Bible now and um, spend some time with the scriptures. Actually, Shall we just pray? Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to have the Bible in our hands We know that there are many Christians around the world for whom that would be the greatest privilege. And some, they have to bury their Bibles in the ground and unearth them every time they they want to go and read them. And some, if they're found with a Bible, they know they'll be arrested, maybe even tortured, maybe even given long sentences of forced labor, or even killed. So we thank you for the privilege of having your word in our hands, and we pray that the privilege that we have to have it in our hands would transfer to having it in our hearts. So would you, by your Holy Spirit, week by week, in our daily readings, and as we gather and look at your word together, would you speak... Through it, in Jesus' name, amen. I faced the preacher's dilemma um, this week because Edward and I hadn't really focused on a a series for our evening, and so we have in the morning, we're looking at the heart of Jesus, um, significant Uh, events in the life of Jesus, but also trying to uncover his very character of his heart. But in the evenings, it tends to be a sort of um, choose-your-own, doesn't it? But I was quite struck uh, last week with Edwards talking about wisdom, and he introduced us to the theme of wisdom in the Bible. So I'm going to, just for tonight, maybe, who knows, continue that theme, okay? So how do we find wisdom? Wisdom. How how do we get wisdom? And in the Bible, there are wisdom literature in the books of Job, Ecclesiastes, and Proverbs. But how do we find wisdom? History teaches us that people and nations behave wisely once they have exhausted all other alternatives. Watch the news. These are quotes I found. The difference between a smart person and a wise person is the smart person knows what to say. The wise person knows whether or not to say it. (laughs) It's good. And this I came across. There was never any argument about it. Fred was the wisest person in town. One day they asked him, what makes you so wise? Good judgment, Fred replied. And where did you get your good judgment from? Experience, he replied. Where did you get experience from? Bad judgment, he replied. (laughs) I don't know if you're facing a big decision. But I know that when we do face big decisions, we need wisdom. I know that behind some of the worst decisions I've made in my life has actually been the enemy of God. And the best decisions that I've made in my life has been led by the Lord. King Solomon, who wrote many of the Proverbs, and I'm going to be focusing on one of the Proverbs tonight. He was considered uh, famous for his wisdom. And if I were to ask you what story uh, comes to your mind from the Bible of his wisdom, I asked Hermie this week, what one story? And she came up with the story that comes actually from one king's. When two mothers came to him, whether you remember this story or not. In the Bible, there are two prostitutes in the same house, and they give birth to children at the same time. And overnight, one of the children dies and the mother of the child that dies swaps that child with the living child and they appear before Solomon and he is to decide what to do the woman whose child died denies that she swapped the child, she says this child is mine the living one is mine, the other lady says this child is mine Solomon says, get me a sword. Cut the child in two. Give half each. And the mother whose child it really is says, no, don't kill the child. Give it to the other lady. Solomon says, you are the real mother. Wisdom. Wisdom. I hope we never get to face that kind of dilemma. (laughs) Proverbs 3 is one of my favorite chapters in Proverbs. And it's a go-to one for, you know, encouragement. But do you know what? I've read Proverbs so many times, and I've never realized that this passage Contains something I've never seen before, okay? See if you come across it. So I'm going to be reading from Proverbs 3, but from verse 13 to 20. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, in her left hand are riches and honor, her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, those who hold her fast will be blessed. By wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundations, by understanding he set the heavens in place, by his knowledge the watery depths were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. And I know it's hard for you, on first reading it, to understand what was in my head. But the thing that struck me that I'd never noticed before was the tree of life was in this passage. "The Tree of Life is only mentioned three in three places in the Bible. It's there in the beginning, Genesis. and it's there right at the end, in revelation. Nowhere else but right in the middle. In Proverbs, chapter 3. In Revelation, chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. In the new heaven and the new earth, there will be the tree of life. From chapter 22 of Revelation, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. There's a picture of the tree of life, but it almost gives the picture that it's not just one tree. It's loads of trees. And from Revelation twenty-two fourteen, 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes. That they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Thanks, Steve. And right here in Proverbs, in the middle of the Bible, it just struck me for the first time that he mentions tree of life. I found that really interesting. And Solomon, in his teaching about wisdom, doesn't want us just to whet our appetite for wisdom. He wants to teach us how to get wisdom. So, if you've ever read Genesis chapter 2 and chapter 3, if you've started reading the Bible in a year, you've, woohoo! Yep. We're into Job already. Well, I'm into Job anyway. But you'll know that God placed two important trees in the center of the Garden of Eden. Hang on a moment. There's a visual illustration. There you go. So I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Now the Lord God planted in the garden in the east, in Eden... And there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the first one is the tree of life, which God creates so that Adam and Eve could eat its fruit and live forever. That's what it seems to imply from Genesis 3, verse 22. After Adam and Eve had sinned, it says, And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and to live forever. Now, if you want a discussion about whether Adam and Eve were immortal or mortal by design, Edward is really pleased to meet up with you and discuss it. But what seems to be clear from the scriptures is that the tree of life appears to be a source of that ongoing life. That Adam and Eve, mankind's dependence on God, gives them life And they reaffirmed that every time they ate from the tree of life's fruit. That life comes from God. The second tree was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I've been asked on an Alpha course, why on earth would God put a tree, of the knowledge of good and evil, in the Garden of Eden? Again, if you'd like to discuss that, my friend and colleague would be happy to spend an hour with you. But it seems to me that God creates mankind, Adam and Eve, with free will. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is there, but he says, don't eat from it, because if you eat from it, you will die. But the choice is there. The choice is yours. The choice is mine. So it seems to me that God creates us with that free will. So we can rely on human wisdom as a commodity rather than on the wisdom that comes from God. And you may know that the Hebrew word for knowledge is a bit more earthy, a bit more practical than the English equivalent. Adam literally knew Eve and she conceived a son. So the knowledge of the tree of experience, it's experience good and evil. Not just the knowledge of it. So when the snake comes, the devil, who was there before Adam and Eve, and before they sinned, he begins to tempt them. We know that Satan himself has free will. He's a created being. He's an angel who has fallen and the devil tempts Eve by saying if you want to be wise if you want to be like God where better to get wisdom from than the knowledge the tree of the knowledge of good and evil when you eat from it your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil And she believed him. She believed the lie. She was deceived into thinking that its fruit was desirable for gaining wisdom. So she and Adam ate. They disobeyed God, they sinned, they brought a fatal curse on the human race the curse that Jesus would die for to remove and once they'd sinned Adam and Eve were banished from the garden they were separated from the tree of life and subject to physical death just as they'd experienced that separation from God because of their sin spiritual death And they were not allowed to eat from the tree of life again. Listen to these words from Genesis 3. So the Lord God banished them from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. which is why I wanted to show you the revelation passages that say the tree of life is restored in the new heaven and the new earth and we are able to access it and it's for the healing of the nations. And Solomon picks up this theme in his Proverbs. Chapters 1 to 18 of Proverbs 3 The only other mention in the Bible of the tree of life comes under that theme of wisdom. It's not saying that human reason is bad or unhelpful. Actually, God has given us those abilities. Common sense, God has given us. Common sense maybe should have taught Eve to believe the words of God and not those of a talking snake. You contrast the temptation of Adam and Eve with the temptation of Jesus. And Jesus was sinless. I love the way he deals with the devil in the wilderness. As I said at the beginning, the worst decisions I've ever made in my life, I see the devil behind them. Because he's out to destroy and rob you. Deceive you. It's all he wants. But Jesus has come to rescue us and save us. Solomon urges us to choose the way of wisdom from God. And it comes out of relationship with God. And it leads to life and peace and prosperity. These are my favorite passages from Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. Submit to him. And he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, your vats will brim over with new wine. Human wisdom can get us so far, but it is not enough. We need God's wisdom. And Solomon in those verses tells us to choose the wisdom of God. Fear the Lord, fear him, be in awe of God, honor the Lord. And then in verse 12 it goes on to say, view the Lord as a father who lovingly disciplines his children out of his own love. All the other ancient books of wisdom teach their readers to find wisdom through their fervent study. What Solomon tells us is that we must find it in relationship with God alone. If we want to be wise and have wisdom, we must seek it through God and relationship with him. And did you pick up in Proverbs 3 that wisdom is personified as a woman? A she. And in it he says, through wisdom the world was made. By wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundations. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament In Romans 16, verse 27 says the Father is the only wise God. In One Corinthians one verse thirty says, Jesus has become for us wisdom from God. In Ephesians 1 verse 17, he says the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. We gain wisdom through relationship with God. How do we get wisdom? Do we want to be wise? James, in his letter, says in chapter 1, verse 5, if any of us lacks wisdom, me, we should ask God. And he gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given you. Adam and Eve were foolish to swap their paradise for the forbidden fruit. And we would be too if we failed to seek the Lord with all of our hearts as the fountain of all true wisdom. Do you want to make the best decisions, the wisest decisions? Then ask the Lord first. Yes, we may be thought foolish by the world for believing God's word above the wisdom of this world, but the wisdom of this world is not all it's cracked up to be. Paul again says in 1 Corinthians 1, the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Since that time when Adam and Eve believed the lie, death has reigned. And Jesus has come and conquered death. Therefore, we don't need to fear death. In fact, death will just be the doorway to the presence of God. It is the most amazing truth that he has broken the curse through his death on the cross that you, that a fool like me could have eternal life to live in his presence to enjoy the glory of whatever the heaven we, won't, we haven't got the brains to conceive what it will be like But it's a promise. This is not all there is. On the new heaven and new earth, the tree of life will be restored and will be there forever. And there'll be no more death, pain, suffering, sickness, and there's no, no, no mention of the other tree in heaven. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil will not be there because the curse has been broken. Sin has been atoned for and we will desire it no more. It is because of Jesus And all that he's done for us, all that we've sung about tonight, all because of Jesus. The power of sin is broken, its penalty atoned for, and one day its presence will be no more. As the Revelation explains at the end of the Bible, what Jesus' death and resurrection means is that we once again get to eat from the tree of life and enjoy eternal life with God. Solomon mentions it once more in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30 and 31. The fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, and the one who is wise saves lives. There's almost a hint here that if we seek God's wisdom, if we live in God's wisdom, we will become little trees of life for people that every time we point someone to Jesus, every time we speak of his love and his grace for people, we can be a source of life for them. That people may be able to taste and see that the Lord is good. We're not to seek wisdom as a commodity, but the fruit of humble dependency on God. So if you're facing a decision, maybe tonight you just need to spend a moment in quietness just now and say, God, I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. I need your wisdom. This is what I think, but I would rather hear what you think. If there's a dilemma that you're facing. And James says that he gives generously to all those who ask do you want to be wise then seek the Lord let's pray